Let's roll this one from the top. <laughs> Is that was that a good impression? Did that that work? Okay, it's better than, oh I, than I could have done. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs. <laughs> uh, if you're not getting that, then listen to this week's song because uh, if you didn't understand it, well, you should be on the lookout for what's coming up next. Um, and if you're looking out for our other co-hosts this week, you are out of luck because they couldn't make it. But we do have Heidi. Lame. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and we have Betsy coming back to join us. Thank you, Betsy. Yay, Betsy. Pleasure. Hey. Oh, wait. The women are outnumbering the men. Hey. This, I think, That's is nice. a first on the show, to be honest with you, which I am a, a happy first on that. Yeah. So. Um, if you've never heard On the Lookout before, here is a quick snippet. I'm on lookout. The wind stopped. We chose the spot to begin. And this is a gym song from the so the album on the all in good time. Caught myself <laughs> on there. Um, Heidi, would you like to give us a, a breakdown? Uh, the Heidi breakdown. Ba -da -da -da. Ba -da 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 -da. Yes. So on the lookout is um, from the all in good time album, of course, in 2010. Uh, it is in the key of F major, just over three minutes and 30 seconds long, and it clocks in at about 152 beats per minute. It is not capo, it is a Jim Cregan, very much Jim. <laughs> it's, it's very jazz, which is very Jim uh, to me. You can tell it's very stylistically like a, like Jim's um, solo work and Brothers Cregan stuff. It's very you can tell it's Jim, and I also think it's one of Jim's best vocal vocal songs that he's mm. done. I really enjoy it, um, especially the studio album recording. The solo album, I think he gets a little like I hate to use the phrase pitchy, but he definitely goes off in his own way. Um, but the studio album version is very, very solid. Um, no capo. It is an F major. But the reason why it's very jazzy is because he uses a lot of uh, major seven chords. And what that means is in traditional triads chords you have a you have a root a third and a fifth a triad is made up of three notes in the chord the root of the chord or the first note of the scale the third note of the scale and the fifth note of the scale and when you add a seventh degree of the scale whether it's a minor seventh or a major seventh that gives it a jazzy feel so he uses f major sevenths f6 chords which means he's adding the sixth degree of the f scale to that and it gives it that that really kind of i call it the mrs dash effect um because it's like adds that little spice so mm. it's very jazzy so like 
and it, it follows a pretty good f normal form in that you've got a little introduction, <laughs> you've got verse one, then a little instrumental uh, interlude that's only one chord that carries through, and I'll get to that in a second. Verse two, chorus, instrumental, verse three, chorus, instrumental, and then a coda. C-O-D-A, C-O-D-A, which kind of takes you home. It's the end. Um, but he follows the same um, chord progression throughout where it's an F major 7, F6, F major 7 with a C on the root to a B flat major 7 to an F major 7. So he's going um, F G. So a one chord to a four chord, basically one, four, one, four, one, four, um, and then to a minor two. Um, so, but he follows that for most of it, a one, four, one, four progression. Um, and except for the very tail end of a verse where he goes into a minor two, um, I'm sorry, uh, a minor three to a minor two to the one. So it goes like, um, make it last kind of goes down scalar wise from the third note of the scale f to the g or to the a to the g to the f so it's it it goes down uh in scale direction um for the choruses he uses an f to an a minor chord which is a one chord to a three chord a minor three chord um, and then he goes to the five chord. So this all will pass. That's an F major chord to an A minor chord, just like us goes to a D chord, just like this spot goes, takes you down to a minor two chord. Um, and he plays around with that into, uh, we've only got one shot, which is a five chord to a four chord to a five chord which as we know whenever you go to a five chord at the end of a phrase or or the chorus or um anything like that 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 is called a half cadence which means it doesn't feel like you've gone home so where he goes we've only got one shot it doesn't bring you back to the tonic which would make you feel like you're done um but that's where he plays around with it a lot he stays in that f chord but he plays around by adding those seventh chords and six the sixth degree of the scale in there so that's why it has that jazzy feel and jazzy sound he doesn't always use the root of the chord he sometimes adapts and use the fifth as the root of the chord um but it does end on an f so it does take you home um, after he gets done with that last code of on the lookout. Uh, uh. So anyway, that's the breakdown. Um, pretty, pretty jazzy, pretty gem. Now I was feeling during, I want to say the middle of the song, he go, it, it almost feels like he's doing a key change, but doesn't do a key change. Almost, I think it's coming off the bridge. It might not be um he's building building and then he doesn't go up you expect mm -hmm. him to go up and i and then he goes down instead and i almost felt like it felt like jim should naturally have gone up there into the chorus and he I didn't think because where... maybe he like it was it felt like oh he hit the top of his range and so he he went down Just like this one. 
at the end of verse three is the only time he does something a little different. He throws an E flat major seven chord in there, which means F G A B C D E. That's the seventh chord with a seventh degree of the scale in it. So it's a major seven seven, which is highly unusual. Usually the seventh chord. <laughs> A degree, a chord built on the seventh degree of the scale is a minor chord. Generally, actually, it's a diminished chord. Um, generally, um, for you theory nerds out there, so Aaron, <laughs> hope you're listening to a C sus chord. So it almost shifts keys completely. That's from the but grab on, don't wait too long, yeah, longing yeah. to look out for you. That's where it does sound exactly like that. So he does that E flat major seven to a C sus chord. So that's Jeff's favorite to a C to an F. So the C in the key of F is the five chord. So he goes mm -hmm. from the seven to the five in a suspension chord to the five to the one. So that's exactly what you're hearing. It was like, it got way up there and then it brings you back to like steady ground yeah and it, from a musicality note other than like i've hit the highest i can go i can't really go up there where i want to go would there be a musical reason to not do that um i think it might have been a range thing or it might have just been he they went up if you if you're looking at it like melodically or as an analogy um melodically tied to the lyric then you can see you know we're holding on to this rock face but grab on don't wait long longing to look out for you and they're back on solid ground there so i think it could it could mean multiple things or it could just be he liked the way it sounded <laughs> Betsy, do you have any, I have a couple of notes on, on the music, but I don't want to jump in too early. Do you have anything that you wanted to share about the, about the music? Well, I did find something interesting other than kind of, you know, just theorizing what the song was about, um, which seems to be relatively straightforward relationship song of kind of starting over a relationship. Uh, maybe they had a challenge relationship. Maybe it's a brand new relationship. Um, but I found something interesting in the beginning when I was like really listening to it hard. You know how it starts the roll this one for the top. Mm -hmm. Have you guys heard in the background? Um, there's a voice that says right, left, and right. No, they do it. No. They do it. three times and the right's pretty soft but then the left is very like you know abrupt and almost stern and then it goes back to right and it's very quiet and they do it three times in between the verses i think kind of averages up in between verses And so my husband is in the army. And so hey, I was like, hey, what do you what do you think about this right, left, right? Because like, obviously, it's a marching thing. Um, it, it sounded like to me, he's like, oh, yeah, that's just cadence. So that's, um, that's what the general term is for they're like, left, 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 right, left. That's, that's they just call that cadence. It's done at a very slow pace, because they, 
you know, they do it only three times in between the verses and they only say right, left, right. So really, if, if you're literally translating that to just one step, you know, just, just three steps, then the verse, then three steps. So it kind of sounds like they're going through something very slowly and cautiously and they're on the lookout because maybe they had hit some sort of bump in the relationship hmm. and they're kind of being a little extra cautious. Um, so they're, um, and I asked him too about like, you know, is there a thing about being on the lookout? Is there like a, a lookout term? He's like, besides like, you know, a watchtower and a, and a sentinel, um, that, that would be the closest thing. So the watchtower would be where the, uh, mm. you know, you know, where you kind of look for friendly fire or, or, you know, whatever. And the sentinel would be the guy that kind of walks around the, you know, army base or whatever and kind of keeps an eye on things. So that's, you know, I, so there's some military tie-ins and I don't, I don't know that Jim has a military background or no. even has family that has military background. So, well, his Maybe uncle they're... is a pastor. I know that. His parents I know. I thought were in the military. Mostly... No, I thought it was mostly like kind of a religious. Um, uh, I can't remember like the names, but yeah, he's either an uncle and maybe somebody else was in some sort of religious role. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting when that I because I thought because I, I thought there was something and I just slowed it down and I like like maxed out the volume i'm like oh that's very strange i wonder if there's something because i'm wondering if it was an accidental thing that they left it in there like Mm, i'm wondering if 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 someone was talking to themselves on what they were (laughs) what they were supposed to be doing and focusing on at that moment well it's funny because you know how it has like when they say the roll this one for the top and it's got like a kind of like a I don't know how to describe it, like a watery kind of like a, like a, when you scratch a record and it's yep. kind of like, well, I don't yeah. know what that term is. Uh, the voice for that says right has that kind of like reverb or like kind of thing to it. And then when he says left, it's very clear and staccato kind of. Okay. Uh, so it sounds like the same guy that's saying Roll the spin from the top. Well, that would be I don't Ed. Know. But yeah. is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, and oh, so if you watch the videos of them playing this live, they're all playing different instruments than they normally do. Ed's so, playing bass. Right. Yeah. Ed's on bass. Kevin's on lead guitar, and Jim's playing piano. Yip's on Fuck piano. piano. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and that was great. There's a moment there where Ed slides, like he's playing low on the bass and then he has to do a quick slide up to the very top for a couple of notes and then bring his hand right back down. I'm almost wondering if he might be saying to himself, right, left, left. <laughs> <laughs> And then they just, they, they played with that because they're like, you know what? Like, w- let's let's keep it in there and, and let's just play around with the the sound of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah and... warble it or, yeah. Yep. That was one of huh. the things I had for notes about this too, but I had it as a, not the right, left, the right, left, right thing, but the Ed pieces of this song when it comes to vocally really upset me. 
Um, this would be the trouble with Tracy this week because <laughs> I don't like the way it starts. And I don't like Ed's little spastic yells that he throws in throughout the song. And maybe those are the things that you were talking about, the right, left, right. Like, you just, I'm like, could be. it could be they recorded it and maybe manipulated it. Yeah. It sounds like he's throwing up into the microphone. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I just, it, it, I, if they were doing a, an electronica sound or they were doing a, a song that had kind of a, a rap kind of feel, I could, I could get behind it a little bit more. I, I, here's this really cool, funky, jazzy, relaxing, yeah. happy tune. And we have these spastic statements that almost feel like they came, came out of King of Bedside Manor. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel right to me. <laughs> hmm. Well, I I like the little little blips and blurbs like that, but I I like that sort of thing. But I don't know. Maybe it's something reflective in the lyrics of maybe you know where everything's kind of smooth and jazzy, like a relationship. Things are going smooth, and you have a hiccup or something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah I think stretching it, but <laughs> I, I think for for me too, I kind of agree with you, Tracy, on that. Like I really love this song and i think in some cases the record scratches and the attempt to go more hip-hop or poppy um i just think kind of can be distracting um i i got used to them but i think at first i i just like when they finally get into the song like mm. the opening when he gets into the the just the opening piano riffs and stuff um it's a very again it reminds me a lot of um brothers Cregan stuff and mm -hmm. it, I, and it could just be stylistically it's very brothers Cregan. it's not as much bnl but i but it still fits in some way like i i like it um but it, again this is still when we're starting to hear contributions from Ke uh from kevin and jim that we did not hear in the first several bare naked ladies albums that mm -hmm. we were hearing from after post steven um and so if you were a fan of Kevin Hearn and Brothers Cregan before, which I was mm -hmm. because of Bare Naked Ladies that then led me to Brothers Cregan and Kevin Hearn's solo work, um, that I, it, it's very much um, like that sound and which is why it's, it, it's that transitional piece into hearing more of the other contributions from the other band members. Mm -hmm. But I still think it could have worked on a Brothers Cregan album. It could work oh, yeah. on a Bare Naked Ladies album. So. Well, and I love the strings. Like Jim brings in the strings again, second time he's on got this album. Wonderful and... string players on this. Yeah. Oh, and he's amazing the at, at cellist and violinist. Oh, yeah. He's a wonderful arranger for strings. If anything, I one of the notes I have was I actually wish that they had mixed the strings a little bit higher on on the mix for me because I I heard them, I wanted them to be really present. Mm. Um, one of the things, yeah, you know what I, I I really agree with you there too. I think that the strings could have been more brought out. Um, I think we I think maybe taking out some of the Ed record scratchy like rappy kind of things i would have liked to hear it just more simplistic yeah what do you think betsy 
I love Ed. <laughs> I will never say that Ed's voice on a song is a bad thing. Um, but um, no, you know, it's funny when I first heard it, like, I'm like, oh, you know, Jim's voice is really pretty and angelic and very smooth. And, but whatever, like a little record scratch or like a little sound effect essentially would come on it would always make me smile so i really just have a soft spot for ed and i just that that's just me kind of throwing my own um <laughs> man crush um i'm on ed so but um yeah no i i liked it all but i do agree I'd, and more strings is hardly ever a bad thing <laughs> they can make it a little stronger a little more supportive and a little more prevalent than then it would be even better. What is, so correct me if I'm wrong, Heidi, I went through, so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of back up and go forward again and, and catch myself on this, but um, on this album, they don't separately list any of the, the instruments for each song. Um, so there are some interesting sounds that are on the <gasps> background of this that aren't piano and when I searched through the the um, liner notes and went through all the instruments, played them online, tried to kind of single them out, there is one noise that sounds almost like chimes. It isn't. It's after the first part of the piano. We get this ding, ding, ding that's kind of in with the piano. Hold on, I, yeah. I want to say it's a Celeste. It might be. Hold on. Give me a second here. I have never heard of a Celeste. Is that some sort of it's, xylophony something or other? It looks like a piano, but the yeah, way it's that like it's a set kid, up. It looks like a toy piano. Oh, it's oh, like okay. a little tiny toy piano. Yeah, so gotcha. instead of it striking on inside what it strikes on is chimes on the inside so it's almost like a xylophone on the inside that the that the the uh -huh. pieces are banging on on the more like like it. a glockenspiel kind of oh, oh, glockenspiel. Okay. thank okay. you yes glockenspiel. i love that word <laughs> and it it's just, i i like it it's this really odd different sound that i would have been like i never would have said please put that in there but with it being in there i'm I don't want it taken out. Like it is this wonderful little extra piece that Kevin put in. So Kevin was, uh, I don't know if you guys um, listen to Spotify or anything, but they have sometimes just like these verbal outtakes of, you know, in between songs on the records. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that Tyler said about Kevin is that he has a master's degree in moments. Yes. So he'll know just the right time to place whatever of the 500 instruments he, he has, you know, at the right time, at the right place, the right volume. And he just like, it's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's amazing. Like watching some of those behind the scene moments. And I want to say it's on grinning streak that we see some of this um, on mm. some of those videos where everyone else is recording in the other room and he's just running around to other rooms, running around to the other rooms going, is this the set? No, that's not the one I'm looking for. Wait, is this? Nope. Nope. Not this one. Oh, there's the sound I've been adding, wanting to add in. And whoa, a little bit of this too. And yeah. He, They're he's, just geniuses. He's yeah. like to music. He's like a gastro, like <laughs> a gastro genius. 
Yeah, like a, like a chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah, he just knows that extra little bit of like yeah, that taste extra it little go, piece of pink Himalayan salt or something. To exactly, put, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so amazing, and yeah, I love it when he adds those little things in like that. Kevin, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would come on, uh, and I know Jeff die. would as well. Just like uh, rant up and down, and he, yeah. I mean, Just he's like, already a very modest person, and he'd probably die yeah. of embarrassment by the end oh, of the episode. Oh, it'd be beat red, and we'd be like, oh, Reverend, and he'd be like, you guys. <laughs> Kevin, we, we would love Kevin. for you to be on. Yes. Uh, and bring your glockenspiel. Yes. Or the Celeste. Bring a Celeste. I'm not oh, hearing yeah. glockenspiel or Celeste. I'm hearing piano. Um, it's but layered I'm, over the piano, I'm though. It's really listening. I didn't hear anything that sounded bell-like, um, and I'm definitely very aware of all percussion instruments. <laughs> no, um, never. No, never. <laughs> um, so, but I, I think I need to throw on headphones and really key it's in. It's really listen. mixed in. Like it's. It's on top of the piano piece, and it's and the and the yeah, thing that's all they mention is it. percussion. They don't they don't break down percussion at all. Yeah, and it's it's not done like you would nor normally. Celeste would you would hold on to those notes. This is done with strikes, like ding ding ding. And yeah, that would be. <clears throat> I mean, I, it, it could sounds be like a piano, bells. but it, it's higher than the piano. It could be orchestra bells. I, I need to really yeah, dig it would, into it. The other thing that I really love, it, which, of course, it's a B&L thing, but it's great to hear it on the first album back from Stephen leaving, are those background harmonies. This all will pass just like us, just like this one. Like, oh, absolutely. Hearing hearing those on the lookouts in the background adding after the second chorus, like really kind of emphasizing and bringing this nice uh, relaxed tone to the song is beautiful. Yeah. As beautiful as Jim's voice is, it is nice to kind of like hear them come together. And this is, you know, them being kind of a, you know, a solid front, you know, just with everything that's happened with the leaving of Stephen Page. But because here's the other thing is when they played it in concert, they all the extra stuff that they layer on top of it, they keep in there, but they're not playing it live. Like you can hear these oh. extra instruments in there, but they're not. You can watch their hands; they're not playing what those extra instruments are. Ed's not even saying "roll this one from the top" when they play it live. Like they're just piping that in. Which, to, honestly, that one actually bugs me a little bit. That like if you're, he's right there. Like he, <laughs> but um, let me see if I can pull it up and and and. Uh, make this work here whoa did you know there was a no uh, there was a tv special in 2010 called on the lookout i did i've not seen that how did i miss that <laughs> what the, the french special? that's Wait. not okay with me 
That was actually going to be my uh, that was going to be my appearance for the week. So, <laughs> oh, I've not seen it's, that at all. It's really That's... fun watching them play this live because seeing them all play different instruments than normal and play it live was really cool. 2010. Okay. Directed by Joel Stewart. It's a one-hour concert. Um, premiering the All in Good Time um album. Oh, oh, okay. So it's an actual so, bare naked lady. Yeah, yeah. It was them kind of trying to premiere and bring themselves back, and um, and kind of uh basically introduce all these new songs to an audience. Um, not okay. The piano. I can't hear it's, it. I haven't heard it yet. It's are high- you sharing your sound? Because I oh. did not hear that. It didn't go through on the sound? Hold on. No. So, Maybe you did not click shared sound. I thought I did. Hold on. Hold on. Don't, 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 stupid. Oh, don't we'll be on the lookout. We'll be on the lookout for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's try this. Can you hear that? Yeah, it's it's mm. not. No, that's not a celeste, and it's definitely not orchestra bells. Um, it's something it on top of the piano, synth. though. Do okay. that again. Okay. Uh, it it's could got a be slight synth. echoey sound, but it's higher. Yeah, it's just like a blop, blop, blop. Yeah, yep. it's definitely, it's not a celeste. It's not okay. a xylophone. It is not a marimba or percussion um, instrument in that vein. It could be a synthesizer that is just on some kind of warby, warbly setting. But yeah, I now I can hear it. Um, but I'm betting it's some kind of synth setting or maybe his, you know, his lovely, um, toy that Kevin has, it could be something with that, <laughs> that, the flat, um, the flat keyboard thing yep, that he the continuum. has. Yeah. The continuum, because continuum. I could see that yeah. making that kind of a sound. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, it's more synth than percussion. Okay. I, I just I knew it was something on top of that piano and I'm like yeah. I hear it I just can't drive it out what is this I know I hate that they don't list it like I <laughs> I you know you can find the cello player and viola player and the violin first and okay. second players but you can't find all of the things that are in the mix so I I do have one other complaint sort Uh-oh. of about this song um and that is the way they end this song. I don't feel like this is a song that should just like, boom, end. I I felt like this is, especially with the, the way the harmonies go, the way that it's singing in the background, the repetition, I felt like this is a fade out and, and they, it would have been, I felt like it would have been a better ending for a fade out. Maybe they grabbed onto the rock face and they fell off. <laughs> <laughs> On the rock face. We <laughs> like, oh, I tried. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's flat. When I fall. I mean, possible. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> when I fall. Follow, followed, by, followed by back. I broke my back. <laughs> 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 we have a whole uh, new Spotify playlist. <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's Jim. If, if this is a Jim song, and it just kind of ends, kind of like clean and sharp like that. I, 
to me, that's saying like, well, that's all I got to say. Yeah, because <laughs> you know? yeah. he's kind of a very simple. He he clean goes with know. simple lyrics. Like Peter Burroughs yeah. is is yeah. is this really odd, bizarre, fun little sweet <laughs> song that I I've always it. loved. And this one oh, is hey, again puppy. very simple. It's a very yeah. This is Savannah. <laughs> There's not a lot of complication in the lyrics. It's basically you know we we found this spot together. And this is where, you know, we looked at, like, the, I think of, like, the end of a jetty and being a Maine, New Hampshire girl, you know, with miles of seacoast, we like to go out and stand, you know, especially, like, um, uh, um, Wells Beach or um, Ham nah, Hampton, Hampton stinks, but Salisbury Beach is a little better or any of those, those seacoast areas. And you choose the spot and then you're like, it's like that first date or something. And we look out and the waves crash and we're just going to move on from here. We've decided, you know, this is going to pass just like we will, just like this spot that is going to erode over time. And we've only got one shot. So we're just going to keep, we're going to hold on to each other and you know go forward from here um and you know looking out to our future looking out at what is going to be for us i think it's just one of those simple um not don't read into it too much songs because jim it like some of his stuff sounds a lot deeper than i think it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> he has a way of being able to write songs that are that sound very deep but really are not <laughs> as deep as you think well, and I, I think that he makes it deep. He also makes it poetic, but because he keeps it short and simple, it allows you to read more into it than maybe that you than what he intended. But it it can also fit into what you want it to be. And you know what I would love is this song when I first heard it reminded me so much of Ben Folds that I thought it was mm. Ben Folds. Um, I really, when, because you're not used to hearing Jim solo on Fair <laughs> Naked Ladies album. So when it came on, I was like, wait a minute, is this a Ben Folds album? Like what the, Especially what the, the piano. heck? Yeah. yeah, the piano and yeah, his yeah. voice is yeah. very close to Ben Folds. And I would love to hear them do some kind of collaboration together because they have similar mindsets and simple, similar compositional techniques um, and similar sounds. It would be very interesting to hear a collaboration between Ben Folds and Jim Cregan. Was this the album that Ben Folds toured with them? Oh, maybe. Hold on. I'm going to look so that up. I want to say this toured was. with them in 2013 because they were in Bangor. Yep. Were you at the train? Yeah, it was 2013. It was the last the train. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> last um, and yes, with the train that was like, like through Ben Fold's song. And Ben Fold's um, decided to play the, the trolley song from Mr. Rogers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Ed swam in the Penobscot. And yeah, all that stuff. So um, that this song would have been out before the last summer. That, that would have been so. 2013. Yeah. And, huh. and yep. I have to say, like, and, and this was just me dreaming at the time, because they were touring with Ben Folds and Guster, and I want to say this was the the tour that just happened just after this album or or thereabouts. 
I was under this weird dream that Ben Folds would join BNL and and, oh. be, and take mm-hmm. Steve's spot. And I was like, that would have just been glorious to me because he has this dark kind of introspective side to himself, Ugh. but is such an amazing player too. And I was like, oh, please let him join them. And- I just, I've loved Ben yeah. Folds for a long time. Like the luckiest is like even way back in early 2000, I was a big fan of Ben or in the late mid nineties, actually. Um, I'm a big fan of piano songwriters, mm-hmm. like overall. Um, and I think that I wonder, you know, how much, obviously there's been some influence to Jim from Ben Folds, obviously. Yeah. And I, I and I would have loved if Jim, if, if, if oh my god if ben had joined bnl like we would have had like piano man elton john b- pianos facing each other with kevin and ben like the songs that would have occurred would have been just phenomenal yeah i think ben's kind of his own entity so i think as much as i would also like that fantasy to come true that I don't know. I just said like their harmonies Brown, would be amazing. Oh, they would. Chris Brown subbed in when Kevin was sick, so I could see Chris Brown jumping back mm. into them. But I don't know. Now, now I kind of like him as a four piece. But, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, no, I don't think I'd want but, Ben as a permanent member of the band. But I yeah. think a collaboration would be very interesting between him oh, and yeah. Ben. Um, no, no, I, I'm I'm getting used to the four now. I I think you know we may at some point maybe the thirtieth anniversary tour or something like we might get a few glimpses with Steve doing something with them, <laughs> um, but it's very doubtful. Um, even though I think that some of the bri- water is under the bridge now and everybody grew up and got a and it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. It's been what now 10 11 12, what how many years it's 2007 yeah 13 was years it 2019 wow yeah and 13 years is a long long time um <laughs> so it would not be so unusual now to see maybe a little more togetherness but um i, I mean i'm not gonna hold out hope and i'm enjoying what is now like it's taken another 10 years or so i think for the four to find their groove and find mm-hmm. their sound like i think detour de force is is much stronger mm-hmm. um and they're really starting to figure out who they are as a band now and it's it takes a while to do that your first five years i think we're very experimental in figuring out what we want to do and bringing in and it's really been nice though, because it was, yeah, it's always been a five piece band. Well, until now it's a four piece band, but it was a five piece band, but it was Ed and Steve. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ed and Steve made, made the nineties to 2007 bare naked ladies, what they were. Mm-hmm. And you had the Ed and Steve sound, the Ed and Steve harmonies. You occasionally, very rarely, and almost only live got Jim or Kevin solo. Um, The Hidden Sun track was one of the first times I ever heard Kevin solo. Mm -hmm. Um, And granted, he didn't come into the band until later anyway. But I I think that um, now, really, it's more of a 
band than it is front front men and the rest of the band mm. like it was the front two and then the other three that were the backup band and now it's definitely you can hear the contributions of everybody more that's just my thought betsy what do you think i think we need to hear a tyler song <laughs> <laughs> i'm a little worried about what my favorite tyler song still uh. is near and far <laughs> near far like it still cracks me up and it pops into I, my head at the most random time <laughs> and like the whole time. like across stage one end of stage other end of stage oh, oh yeah well we I do like we we do and it'll be a long time before we reach it but we do have a tyler song in that he did help write internal dynamo yeah which is a really freaking yeah. weird song yeah i'm Still trying to warm up to that song. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, maybe, I'm not quite like, there maybe yet Kevin and like Tyler is a certain flavor. If you think of of cooking, like each of them has a different flavor. He's like blue raspberry or something. He's like something way wacky. Tyler crazy. is spicy, and you, and and you don't mix well, spicy like with with Kevin. Kevin but and, and Tyler don't. the spicy thing in the kids' album. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. That's right. <laughs> so it's so funny you say that. But you wouldn't think of mixing him with, with Kevin, who's sweet. Oatmeal. <laughs> Oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> with, you know, raspberry swirl. Yeah, he's sweet. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, for Detour de Force, too, like internal dynamo, dynamo is the one, like, we, that's a right, like, first time we're really getting a Tyler song. Like, yeah. it's, it's definitely Tyler. Hey, and well, we also had like, allergies. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. true. We do have allergies. I forgot about allergies. <laughs> I'm going to bring up Tyler when I can, which is brilliant. Allergic to bees, allergic to trees. I love that song <laughs> so much. Um, it reminds me of um, uh, Bicycle by Queen. Every time no. I hear allergies, <laughs> I have, it just sounds like Bicycle by Queen to me. Um, but I think Detour de Force is finally where we get more balance. Like Big Backyard, I love that song. I don't know why. I know it's going to be so a much. while till we get to that. Um, so happy. <laughs> it, doesn't that song make you so happy? So happy oh, everyone, like, it was a big backyard. Here we are hanging out, kind of. Yeah, oh, it's just love it's it. just such a love great it. song. I'm not. Oh. Bylaw is a little. It's very Kevin, um, but I also love Man Made Lake. Like, there's some great songs on that album, and I got it on vinyl so I could because it's blue and it's Me beautiful. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I now I think. Tyler, if he can manage the chaotic Tyler and gel <laughs> in, like, because Internal Dynamo is still a little freaky for me, too. But, but I don't know how we got on the Tyler train. My my take on on the whole album of, of the Tour de Force is it feels like four albums done separately. And it's not bad. It just it feels like four separate albums spliced together rather than one album. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it feels like there's Ed. It feels like there's Ed, Ed and Kevin. It feels like there's a Kevin. It feels like there's a a Jim. But it doesn't feel like there's a lot of a lot. Like I, I don't. I don't hear you know any what, though, I think songs. Like Flip is definitely B and L. Like that brings um, me yeah, back. Yeah, I, I would to agree B &L. with you. 
Um, and actually, good life, I think, is is uh, it's a good life. It's, it's, it's Ed look, heavy. Look at that. Yeah. I, I feel like yeah. that's an Ed. Like, that is um, an Ed flavor. I like New Disaster, too. Like, New Disaster, I, think- I would say, is maybe B&L, but more Ed. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. I I will agree that flip sounds like B and L. I give. I think it's just going to be hard for for the diehard B and L fans of, that have been around since the mid nineties, like like I have. Uh, it's it's going to be a hard. It's still hard. We can't. We still. Well, that's why. Two thousand five. Like I. Yeah. Thirteen years. How did that happen? I re- <laughs> I feel like I just saw them all on the whatever tour, the last tour that they were all together on. Yeah. Like I feel like yeah. that's still them, even though I've now seen them several times as the four. So I, <laughs> but when you've seen them as many times as some of us have, we're like, I'm still like, oh, it's Steve, because my go-to albums are still those first four or five albums. Those are my go-tos. Like it's Gordon, maybe if you're, maybe you should drive Bopes, um, everything to everyone. Those are maroon stunt. Those are, those are my jam. So I'm still trying to come to the dark side. One of the reasons I put that song, that album off and have not incorporated it is that I think we need to sit on it a little bit longer before we can give it some honest ratings. Like it, mm. it, we need to give it time to grow to itself and, and before we can honestly like look at it and, and be Yeah, objective. I appreciate that. Objective in a subjective way. <laughs> <laughs> well, on this song, we should probably get back to... <laughs> Is there any more that we would like to add about on the lookout? This is a this is on my playlist. Like this, it's a song that just kind of puts me in that mood. It's a good. It's just a good song. It would be a great like summer playlist song mm. for just hanging out at the beach, um, just chilling outside. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Like this isn't one that I would that I would like search out in order to be like, hey, I've got to I've got to listen to that song and I've got to, um, you know, it, I sing along with it in the car kind of tune. But you're right. Like if this if this comes on and I would want this to come on if I'm laying on the beach and, and just kind of chilling and, and relaxing and having a good day, then, yeah, I, I'm going to enjoy not just listening to I'm not just going to keep it on. I'm going to enjoy having it on. So why don't we why don't we put some numbers to this? Um, okay. But we gotta come up with a system. Um, uh, what do you think? Um, well, let's see. How many rock faces? I was just <laughs> thinking that. Yeah, actually. Because we can't use that musical instrument that you thought it was. Because it's not that musical. <laughs> it's <my> musical. Serena, <laughs> concertina, Serenia, something. Um. I'm getting I'm getting a feel from Heidi. She's like, eh. it works. It's okay. All right. How many rock faces would you give this? Well, why don't we go with you first, Heidi? Okay. Um, I really do like this song. Um, it's again, it's unusual. It's not what I consider bare naked ladies like, but because it's Jim and it's a bare naked ladies album and it's a bare naked ladies song. Um, <laughs> I really do like this song. Uh, I think. I'm going to give, and, and because I think Jim's vocal on this is so sweet and mm. so lovely, and it's, it's just a great, it's a simple song, but again, simple doesn't, everything doesn't have to be 
in the car or <laughs> wrap your arms around me or, or, you know, Brian Wilson or the amazing <laughs> Bare Naked Ladies songs. I'm going to give this a 4.4. 4. Okay. Which is very respectable. That is very respectable. <laughs> Betsy, what do you think about this song? How many rock faces do you give this song? Well, um, I don't think this is a, the type of song that I would seek out or put on a playlist. Um, just because it kind of likes something that's a little... I don't know. It's nice and mellow, but I just don't always feel like listening to it. Um, as as nice as his vocals are and everything, but 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 just barely. So I think I would say probably a three point nine. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So far this week, it looks like I'm going to end up being the hater of sorts. Uh. <laughs> no, not the hatering. Um, as much as looking at the scores. And this is the trouble with Tracy. She's got to bring everything down when we're happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I feel about similar to this song that I felt with I Saw It, but this song is more upbeat and more positive. Um, I like it a little bit more than that song. Um, but I'm going to take a ding or two off of it because of the Ed pieces. Um, and so, you know, it's well placed on the album. I, I love where they decided to put it right after four seconds. Like it's a nice aperitif to cleanse the palate after that. And it's got that nice, different, happy, relaxed feel. Um, so I'm going to give it a 3.8. Okay, that's not too hatery. Which isn't hatery, but it's the lowest score of the week because yeah. Stefan, you're not with us, but Stefan. So Stefan, what were your thoughts on on the lookout? Uh, I liked it. Um, at first, I wasn't sure what to make of it because um, it's like started off with I don't know, kind of like a I don't know. I was getting like a sublime, uh, like Southern California uh, kind of. Uh, record scratching kind of thing. I'm like, I was trying to think of the band that uh, that has some of that in there. It's like, I was thinking like Red Hot Chili Peppers or like, you know, like I said, Sublime or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the the beat that they got into was really cool, catchy. And um, the song had a really cool sound to it. Completely different than BNL that I'm used to. So, it was hard to kind of make an adjustment in that scope of things, but as a whole, I kind of liked the song. I thought it was kind of groovy. It was smooth. Um, I really wasn't able to listen to um, or read any of the lyrics to see what they mean or anything like that, but um, but the lyrics sounded pretty cool. It didn't seem like they're like using uh, On the Lookout as the main part of like any chorus or any repetitive part of the song so they just had it in there like kind of almost as like a backup singer singing on the lookout mm-hmm. so that was kind of cool i liked it so i think i'm gonna rank that um i'm gonna rank it to four a four all right wow so you uh, like that one quite a bit <clears throat> so the lyrics kind of groovy you, you you were mentioning the lyrics. I know you don't have the lyrics right there in front of you. I'll pull them up and then uh, give you a chance to kind of respond uh, based on what I pull up and, and say to you. 
do you think it could have to do with Steven and like um, him leaving the band? You know, we've got one shot. Don't look back. Hang on to what we've got. I don't know. Maybe. I hadn't thought of that. That is, that is, you know, this album is that one right after Steve left. My brain is all kinds of interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Which, which really surprised me, but he actually likes a lot of Jim songs. Um, He, he really shocked me on that. Um, (laughs) Well, he doesn't like stuff that's super busy or super like complicated. And yeah, that's kind of like, it's kind of a mellow, rather straightforward for BNL. Not a ton of sound effects. Makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. You've already brought up the the appearance that we have for this week. I I would have had more, but guess what? It was my one and only appearance. Uh, <laughs> a decent tie-in, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, next week we'll be discussing the song "One and Only." Um, so come back and join us for that one, and have a great week. Woohoo! Yay! Thanks, that was fun Don't forget No regrets Except maybe one So what, you said you had a few other rankings for us that you wanted to throw in So I will I will throw those in after the episode is done and put them as the trailer uh, But yeah, tell us a little bit about, about what your other songs you wanted to rate <laughs> Well, I might need your ass assistance <laughs> where I left off. I think I ranked um, Bad Day with you. And that back. is correct. Yes. Okay. And I think I, I stopped on Back. Yeah. Uh, you stopped on Bad Day. So the next one was Bag of Bones. I, okay. Back, Bad Days. Okay. Yeah. That's alphabetical. Okay. Uh, bag of Bones. Um, I thought I had great bass. Um, I thought the sax was great. Um, I thought it had different styles intermixed within the song. Usually that's not my bag. Um, <laughs> bag of bones, get it? <laughs> and, uh, but I, I liked how they blended it together. For me, it was reminiscent of the Beatles. You know how the Beatles would be. It would have like a cool thing going on and then change it to something really psychotic. Um <laughs> Uh, which is some of the things that they did. Um, I, I wasn't sure whether or not this was BNL based on the song. I thought it was great. I, I'm going to rank it a four. Actually. Wow. Wow. I know. I know. Um, so that takes me to uh, the Ballad of Gordon. Ballad of Gordon. Um, <laughs> I thought it had a great message. Um, I think it had like a grade nine beat. Uh like the the background of the song was like grade nine, was it? It's mm-hmm. one of one of the songs from Gor- um from the album of Gordon. Uh, yeah, I can see that. But I couldn't identify exactly which one because I'm not very musically inclined. <laughs> I couldn't carry a note if it was strapped to my back. But um, I thought I had a good message to it, and I understand what they were talking about, and um, uh, you know about acceptance and and whatnot, which is really cool. So I thought it was an average song. I thought it was nothing to write home about uh, or to put on a playlist. So I, I ranked that as a 2.5. All right. I know, huh? Bank job. Bank job. 
<laughs> I wasn't sure what I would make of this, but I am a fan of those Irish songs uh, that tell a story, uh, like Rattlin Bog, and um, <laughs> there's a one one about something underneath my kilts, and uh, I, I just I love I love stories. Um, uh, the Irish stories that they have in songs. I, that's one of the reasons why I love the Irish Rovers so much is because of the stories that they would tell. And of course, I would weep on the, uh, uh, the unicorn mm. song. Oh my gosh. As a kid, my favorite song ever, and I would weep. I thought it was so sad. Like, how could they leave the unicorns? Like I thought it was just a sad thing. Anyways, uh, moving on. I digress there. Fine, friend. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Um, I thought it was. I thought the lyrics were great. They told a story. Um, it was fun. <laughs> you know, how many times have you paid a bill and you're like, God, I I should just rob a bank. You know, <laughs> like I need money. Maybe never. Not. I've I've never never thought that. Never. Maybe, no. maybe it's maybe it's just me. <laughs> then I was thinking a thing through, and you know, I thought it was clever. It's like, you know, I'm like, what are they getting at? It's like, it was clearly something happened during this bank job. They planned everything out. It was to the T. They had rehearsed it. Blah blah blah. And then they go in, and it's it's full of nuns. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Oh, I can't do this. <laughs> one one monkey wrench in their their cog of uh, planning there. I thought it was great. I thought it was a lot of fun. So I'm going to rank it a four. A four. <laughs> just, All right. I'm still chuckling over it. I thought it was hilarious. I love it. <laughs> uh, now we get back to my alma mater, which is Gordon, and with Be My Yoko Ono. And... um. Believe it or not, it's my least favorite song on the entire album. Wow. But I think I but I think uh, based on what I've been seeing of Yoko Ono, um, it kind of fits who she is as a person. And um, that she was creative in her own sense. Um, you know, some might say that shit crazy, but um, <laughs> But no, she was she was unique in her own way, and uh, um, I can see how the song represents that. And I think they did a great job of trying to encapsulate Yoko Ono, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it being my least favorite song on the whole album, I'm going to rank it as an average, a two point five. Okay, all right, because it's still good. I mean, the music is still good; it's still solid. Um, they've got a plan throughout the whole song. They got it, you know, it's like they understood it, even though it's like the lyrics and the I understand that's Yoko. I don't I it's not my favorite thing. So that's that. You know, it's still good. All right, I made it average. <laughs> on. Uh the next song was beautiful. Oh my lord. Sorry. Car just cut off. Stopped in the middle of the road. Okay, next song is beautiful. Um I thought it was okay, kind of blah, nothing to write home about, it would not be on my playlist, I'm going to rank it a two, that's all I got to say. Okay. Uh, now, the next song is Tracy, and um, <laughs> yeah, I thought it has a, 
for those who are listening, it's best damn friend. That's Tracy to me. He's the best damn friend. He's Thank you. Awesome. I um, feel the same. He's, uh, I love you, man. Uh, <laughs> I thought I had a great base. Um, no, I love you comes line. much, much later. It does. I haven't gone yeah. to that one. <laughs> yeah, I went through the eyes. I went through the eyes with you. Yeah, you did. Right? Yeah, we already we already did that one. <laughs> I probably ranked it like a one because I was going through a divorce. Oh, uh, to the listeners out there, my divorce is final. I'm so excited. Thank you for listening. Okay. And no, you didn't so let it affect it. you. You gave it a four point eight. So. Oh, I didn't. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, so, but sorry, best damn friend. <laughs> best damn friend. Um, I'm going to rank it a two point five because. I thought it was an average song. It would not go on my playlist, but it also wasn't bad. <coughs> so, yeah. So now, it wasn't now, bad. It was a great... It was average. It's good. So we come now to the to the most... What, what they say is the most well-known Bare Naked Ladies song. That would have to be... Brian Wilson! So, I like no. Brian, <laughs> Brian Wilson. No, 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 no. Big... Big Bang Theory theme. Oh, Big Bang Theory. Oh, gosh. When I, I'm on, ladies and gentlemen of the audience, I am literally on the last season, uh, not season, episode of the Big Bang Theory. Mm. I have watched it and been binging it the whole way, and I'm on the last episode. No spoilers. No spoilers. Anyways, that's the only song that I can't wait to fast forward through. Creativity. <laughs> It ranks very high on creativity scale. Awesome for them. I mean, it you know it was just creative. I you know I have got my own scientific things. It's called a theory for a reason. But they're songwriters, so they wrote a song that fits. It works well. Very creative. Um, uh, I find it kind of annoying. <laughs> However, the lyrics are great. So, that being said, I'm going to rank it as a 2.5. It's average. No way in hell I would put it on my playlist. Um, so, that's that. So, uh, then there's Blacking Out. Mm. Which, um, which I thought was Brian Seltzer-ish? Brian, Brian? Yeah, I can, I can see that, yeah. But not Buble. Get it, Buble? Get yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> kind of Brian Seltzerish, kind of um, big bandish. I like that. I like kind of like that, but um, I didn't like this song for some reason. I don't know why. But I ranked it as a two point five as well. Wow, a lot of two point fives this week. I know. You wait. It's going to change. It's going to change right here. You know what? I might I might have changed the uh, changed the score, but you know what? You can blame that on me. <laughs> oh, blame it on me. This is by far one of my favorite songs. Um, it's got it's just great music, and uh, I I love the sound of it. I love how it. I just love the sound of it. I love the lyrics. You know, if anything's wrong, just blame it on me. It's weird because it's it's taking responsibility, and I think that really applies to my life in a lot of ways. Because I like 
I like taking responsibility for what goes on around me and and my own decisions and understanding that if something is wrong, it's usually because I have a bad attitude about something or that I'm viewing something in a way that is changing things around me. Um, so I like the song. I love it. The music's great. It's right up there in my you know top 10 easily. So this is definitely um, a 4.85 for me. Yeah, you love that one. I love it. Yeah, it's a great song. You really came um, back around almost like a boomerang. Yes. Boomerang, um, I thought it had a great beat. Um, I thought it was an average BNL song. Um, you know, you know, love coming around full circle, things coming around full circle. It's kind of cliche. But the music was good. The lyrics were good. I'm going to rank it a three. I thought it was good. Well, well, you know, uh, Ed can't be totally perfect in writing a song. You know, he was born human. Like us, yes. He's born human. Born, 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 born human. Uh, I got like puppet music from that. <laughs> it was weird. I don't like stuff like that. I ranked it a one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you did not like that. That's, wow. No, no, not for me. Um, good for them for coming up with a song, but. You uh, yeah, usually you like the Kevin songs, so it's interesting. That was a one, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was that to me was just no. I, I guess we can't box all of Kevin's music into one set for you. That's true. That's true. Or BNL for that matter. It's kind of like you know you have to have them in different divisions. So no box set. I think it's just best to kind of keep them as individual. <laughs> box set um, is awesome. I really like box set. It's got a great beat. Um, I love the instruments. Um, it's not as um, doesn't hit me as hard as blame it on me or Brian Wilson. Um, uh, but I, I am going to rank it high. I think it's great. It's a great song. Um, that's going to be a 4.8 for me. Okay. You know what? You know, I agreed with you on that one. You didn't break my heart. <laughs> oh, Tracy, that's too bad because when you started seeing your wife, you broke mine. Damn <laughs> <laughs> you! We couldn't we be a thing forever. <laughs> I thought it was a great slow song. Break your heart was a good song. I like it. Um, again, I rank that high. That's going to be a four point seven five for me. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> Aaron ranked uh -oh. it a four. <laughs> really? Everyone else gave it a five. So. <laughs> oh, really? I thought it was a really good song. For a slow song, it was great. Um, it, was, it was perfect. I, it was a great song. So 4.75, that's pretty freaking high for me. That is pretty good. That is pretty amazing. I, I You know, I have an interest. I want to hear what the next one is. I don't know if you've got the next one ranked or not. Uh, so oh, tell me, it's Beach Boys. It's a Beach Boys song. Um, uh, Bahama, Bahama, oh come on, pretty mama. You know that song? I'm not I do. Saying, but... <laughs> I know a song that sounds like that. Take it slow. Yeah, and that was written by yeah. Brian Wilson. Yeah, was it Brian Wilson? I love 
Love that guy. So he was lead singer of like Stone Temple Pilots, right? Yeah. Got it. Cool. All right. So Brian Wilson, Wilson, one of everybody's favorites, one of my favorites. It's a near perfect song. Um, extremely creative. It's just amazing. Uh, I can't think of anything wrong with this song at all. Uh, it's very creative. It gives great homage to to Brian. Um, in this creativity with Beach Boys, who growing up <laughs> was my favorite band. Um, loved them. So I, I, I suppose I'm going to have to rank it a five. You're the only yeah, one. You know. No, I'm really? kidding. No, <laughs> we all right. That is okay. the that is the only song so far that has straight fives across the board. Oh, okay. I'm going to rank it a four point nine. <laughs> You know me. I don't conform. <laughs> I like bringing it home. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you rank bringing it home? Uh, bringing it home. Next song. I thought, I thought it was a wonderful pop song. Um, I, I thought it was good. I liked it. Um, I could get into it. I would put it on a playlist. Um, I thought the lyrics were fun. Uh, I couldn't see anything much wrong with it. Other than, you know, it's not... Uh, an album on Gordon. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's a 4.75 for me. Wow. Yeah, you love that one. Yeah, that was a good one. Man, did you, I rank it high? You, you did. You were the highest one on that one so far. Oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe I'm feeling charitable. <laughs> you're, not, you're not crashing through everything like a bull in a china shop. That's for sure. That's correct. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> You want to introduce that in there somehow? <laughs> um, I thought Bull in the China Shop was an average song. It was nice. Uh, it was nice. That's all I got. Lyrics were fun, you know. Um, nothing to write home about. I might maybe put it on a playlist. Maybe. Uh, so I ranked it as a three. Okay. All right. So... Was that the call and answer that you were looking for? That was the call and answer I was looking for. Perfect. I liked call and answer. <laughs> it was kind of good. Um, I thought it was a step up above uh, bull in a China sh China shop. China bull in a China <laughs> shop. There we go. Um, I like how Steve and Ed had different parts of call and answer. I thought that was pretty cool. I think it was Steve and Ed. They would like sing different parts in it. No, it was all Steve. Was it all Steve? Steve was the only one doing any vocals on that one. Oh, no kidding. Oh. There you go. Apparently, I don't know anything about it. Anyways, <laughs> that was great. It was, a, it was a nice song. I liked it. I'm going to rank that as a 3.25. Okay. All right. I don't know how much further you went. <laughs> well, uh, call me calmly. I thought it was an okay song. I, uh, nothing, nothing overwhelming. Nothing like wow. Um, I thought it was just above average. So I ranked that at 2.75. Okay. Yeah, hmm. I know, right? <laughs> thirsty. I'm very thirsty for a Canada Dry. <laughs> anyway, Canada Dry is the next song, ladies and gentlemen, because Tracy didn't have any reaction to that. Um, I, thought <laughs> I, I did. I laughed. <laughs> Um, I couldn't help but think that it sounded like a Stephen Lynch song. 
the whole thing. Like, oh. oh my god, it's just like Stephen Lynch, you know, his kind of beat and blah blah blah, you know, and then he's got lyrics that are kind of funny. Um, that's all I could think of is Stephen Lynch. So I like Stephen Lynch; he was good, but I thought this song was a little bit above average, so I'm going to rank it at two point seven five. Okay. I know, right? Crazy. I'm off the chain. <laughs> now, uh, are you hungry? Time. Uh, yes, yes. I love my, I love my snack times. <coughs> I, love my I love having me some snack times. You know what? Let's so, sit down and just do a whole trilogy of snack time then. Ooh, that'd be good. Like, I would have sausage, sliced sausage uh, with, like, cheese and then crackers. There's my trilogy right there. It's a nice snack. <laughs> so my Canadian snack time trilogy number one. I, I liked it. It was calming. Cool for a kid. Good music. Uh, 3.25. Did you pick up on all the uh, all the cameos on that one? I, I didn't catch on all the cameos. Uh, can you point them out to me? Um, oh, great. Off the top of my head, no. But I do know that uh, that there were a lot of celebrities in there, including Weird Al um, and all of BNL's children. Oh, okay. So people, different people singing. Well, no. When they did the when they did the breakdown of like what everyone's favorite um, snacks are, those were other like uh, Jeannie Garofalo and um, Weird Al, as I mentioned, and the you know the the band's oh, kids, cool. um, and a lot of other people. If you listen to the full episode, you can hear all the people that were listed in order. Oh, cool! Yeah, I I'm not good at you know picking up people's voices or celebrities. Um, yeah, I would definitely never get Weird Al because I don't think, yeah, you know, I, I haven't listened to Weird Al since the 80s. <laughs> um, since he was making fun of Michael Jackson. Uh, but no, that's... Well, you know, Michael Jackson is is pop, like almost like popcorn. Yes. <laughs> um, this was a unique one for me. Um, I'm like, okay, we're singing about popcorn. And then they like they like they put it on the oven, blah blah. It's calm, and then it's like pop, and then like their beat completely changes to how popcorn would pop. Um, <laughs> and then it kind of like went a little bit crazy there towards the end. I think it, the popcorn was starting to burn a little bit, um, which I didn't like too much. But I think as far as creativity goes and capturing what popcorn is, I think they they nailed it. With uh, with music, and I never thought you could fail with music. So I'm going to rank that one a four because sheer creativity and pull off and execution, perfect. That's awesome. Well, what about three? I was gonna say, what about vegetables? Do you like vegetables? I do like vegetables. I try to eat more vegetables than than meat. Um, Do you play with them uh, when you're making them? Do you like make a vegetable town? Um. I don't, because <laughs> it usually takes a long time for me to chop vegetables, and I don't like how long it takes, so uh, <laughs> I take the time to play with them as <laughs> much as I used to. Uh, but I do like vegetables. Vegetables are good. Um, that's where everything that you need in your body comes from, including protein. Uh, so I rank that a three. 
You know what, though, Stefan, I really, I couldn't care less about you and vegetables and whether or not you're chopping them up. Couldn't care less, or is it you could, is it care less? Um, I couldn't care less. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> I like, uh, I like couldn't care less. It was uh, definitely a, a Gordon-style BNL, um, and I like that. Uh I'm not going to rank it high because I couldn't care less. Um, so that's going to be 0.75 for me. Just well, sorry, you crackled out there for a second. 2.75. 2.75? Oh, did I lose? So that brings us into some Christmas songs. Yes. <clears throat> so Brings us to Carol of the Bells. Yes. I was amazed by this song. I thought that keyboard was amazing. The, the drums were perfect. And it's like everything just was really, really badass in this whole thing. Um, I loved it. <laughs> so I, I, I can't say anything about it. I mean, it's just, I thought it was amazing. I really loved it. I loved the um, how they kept with the Christmas theme. It was just for me, it was really, really cool. So I'm ranking that a five. Carol of Bells. Carol of Bells. Never thought I would do it, but I'm ranking it a five. Wow. Okay. You know what? I let's let's get away from the Christmas good. theme for a minute. I, I think that this has all gone to your head and you're getting to be a bit of a celebrity now. I think Santa Claus is a celebrity too, you know. <laughs> He's a bit of a celebrity. Um, I thought it was cool a cool song. I liked the lyrics. I liked how they integrated uh, uh, the music. I thought it was a pretty cool song. And I ranked that a 4.5. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? These celebrities they like their picks. Like even at Christmas. Do. Oh my god, especially at Christmas. Mm. I thought the song was clever. Um, I thought it was easy. I thought it was jazzy. I thought it was bassy. Um, I, I, I'm really happy that um, they came up with a cool, catchy uh, Christmas song that's original that honors Christmas time. And I thought it was really good. So I'm going to rank this a 4.25. Ah, you like that gym stuff this week. I liked it. I thought it was really good. And then that brings us to Christmas time. That does. Again, creative <laughs> song. I thought it was a cool song for Christmas. I liked Christmas picks a little bit better. Um, but again, I think they really capture the feeling of Christmas and, uh, and encapsulate it into a song. Because Christmas music is one of a kind. It's some of the best music uh, on the planet to get you feeling um, lovey and caring and, you know, hopeful. And it's amazing. So Christmas time, I'm ranking a four. A four. All right. A four. And the last song I'm going to review tonight is the Conventioners. Conventioneers. 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 How unconventional. <laughs> I thought it was smooth. Uh, 
and I thought it was a pretty cool song. Uh, I didn't get into the, the lyrics too, too much about it, but I think the sound was really nice. And uh, I, I think it was a cool song. So I'm going to rank that a four as well. Ha ha! Yes, it's not just me. Everyone else rank. Everyone else ranked that a five, and I gave it a four point five. So, really, huh. yeah. Everyone, everyone's good. been angry at me for for giving it a four point five instead of a five. So, really, wow, interesting. I thought it was a very creative song, but I thought it was very smooth, and I I liked it. But um, was it like overwhelmingly good? No, no. <laughs> I think I ranked Brian Wilson a five just for thinking as Brian Wilson. How do you like that, Tracy? I reviewed quite a few songs today. You did. Holy cow. You you reviewed all the B's and into halfway through the C's. Like that that is you ranked over twenty songs today. So I highly nice. I highly appreciate that, sir. <laughs> You're very welcome. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 